But God, on the, if I'm a born again believer, it's on the inside of me. So you don't have, you're, you're not waiting for something to happen. God says, everything that you need to be able for you to be successful, everything that you need to be able to win, everything that you need to be able to overcome is already in you. He says, but I can't do it for you. You got to open up your mouth and begin to talk to it as much as it's talking to you. You can't run from it. Husbands can't change it. Wives can't change it for their husbands. They can help you. But if you want to go to bed with it at night and hug up and cuddle it like a like a teddy bear, he, he can't over they can't overcome it for you. God can't take it from you. God will never go against your will. I found that out. God will never go against your will. I'm praying. I, I'm praying fervently for my father. And for a while, man, it was all good. And then one day it shifts. And when I went to go pray for him, he says, I can't go against his will. God won't go against your will. If you sit there with your mouth shut, your angels is literally standing there at attention, waiting to move. And they cannot move until you give them an assignment. Are you hearing me? Better yet, are you hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you? He can't move it for you. He, Jesus says, when you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And you don't doubt. It is, he, Jesus didn't doubt. He says, but if you don't doubt, it will obey you. He said, say three times. He said, believe once. If you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be, and be thou cast in the sea and doubt not in your heart, but believe that those things that you said should come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. But if you sit there, <laughs> you ain't gonna wind about on your mind. You're gonna get defeated in your mind. I'm gonna share it to, I'm gonna share it with you today. You will get defeated because there's two, there's three things that the enemy has that many people in the body of Christ don't have. And I'm gonna tell you, I want to hear, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna give you the end before I get to the beginning. Three things that the people in the body of Christ do not possess. Many of them. Commitment organization and discipline. They start good for a while and they didn't fall off. Your adversary is committed to his task to kill, steal and destroy your life. He's committed. But if you're not committed to doing what it is God told you to do, you'll get some, some victory, but in the end, your enemy will wait you out. He's organized. He, we're going to talk about it. He's organized in what it is that he does. It doesn't just haphazardly happen. He's organized. He's strategic. That's why every Sunday, I told you, in, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago, I said, you know, I see one day that we're going to be wearing uh, camouflage every Sunday to do service. Why? He says, because this is warfare. And our responsibility is to train you on how to be organized, to help you learn how to be disciplined. That's what the military does. In the Marine Corps, you do the same thing every day for 12 weeks. They wake you up at the same time. You fold your, you make up your rack the same way every time. You go to the, to the, to the washroom the same way every single time. Breakfast, everything is strategic. And everything they do is intentional to teach you how to it prepares you for the next level you're about to go into. And there is no, I don't feel like it today because if one falls, everybody suffers.
It's the same thing in the body of Christ. God, God doesn't say, you know what, it's okay, Bobby, if you fell off. The body is not better because you fell off. God placed you where he placed you for a reason. And you can get stuck on pride and get offended and get bitter and get moved out of, out of position and believe in your heart that you are right and you are deceived. You're deceived. And the adversary said, gotcha. He, he, don't have to, he, don't, he don't have to do a whole lot for most people because most people are, 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 are wanting to pay attention to the manual that he gave, a.k.a. the word. That's why there's a, there's attack on the Bible right now. Been going on, but it's more of an attack on the Bible now. And guess what? People in the body of Christ are walking along with it. It's subtle. Don't bring your Bible. It's going to be on overhead. You don't need to bring your Bible. Don't bring your notebook. You heard this before, girl. You got this. Until you're in a battle and you forget everything you heard. Because now your emotions are right with up. God says enough. And he, he's shouting, sounding the alarm. And he's telling his men and women of God, get back to teaching my people my word. How do, he says, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. People said, well, there's too much spot on the church right now. God said, ain't got nothing to do with it. He says, how do you, how do you wash them? With the washing of the water of the word. How do you wash his people? With the washing of the water of the word. So why do every week we're going to give you the washing of the water of the word? Are you brainwashing? Absolutely. I'm washing all that doubt, fear, and unbelief right out of your head. Every week. Guilty. I'm going to use the word of God to wash that fear, doubt, and unbelief out of your head. Out of your soul. If you walk out of here still getting beat up because, man, is. Then the first thing I'm going to say is, did you go back and listen to last week's message? Did you go back and take notes on last? Did you take any notes? Did you walk out of here and put up a plan? Because I guarantee you, your adversary, before you hit the door, he had a plan of how he was going to get that word out of you. I'm telling you, I'm not even telling you what I'm saying. I'm going to show it to you in the word. He already has a plan before you get out that door. He already has a plan how he's going to try to get that word out of you. He's committed to his task. He's organized and he's disciplined. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, there's only one thing about that, though. I don't care how organized he is. I don't care how committed he is. I don't even care how disciplined he is. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to let y'all in the secret. Y'all know a secret? <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. The greater one's on the inside of you. According to John, 1 John 4, the greater one is on the inside of who? You as a believer. Guess what? When you rise up and you take your rightful place and you use the authority that's been given to you by Almighty God and you begin to say what it is God says concerning your situation and circumstance, guess what's going to happen? It says when you resist, you submit first to God, you get out of God's plan, you're doing it God's way, you resist the adversary, it says he's going to flee. What does flee mean? Run in stark terror from you. But as long as you're sitting there having dinner with him every night, he ain't worried about you. And as long as you don't know who you are in him, he ain't worried about you. 
And as long as, even though you may know and you don't do anything, he ain't worried about you. Do I have your attention? Are y'all ready to go? I came fired up this morning. I was already, I've been fired up all week. Yesterday I was so fired up that Sister Jewin just, just calm down. <laughs> okay, I sat down, but on the inside I was still running around the house. Your adversary is committed to his craft. In fact, God had me send a message to two brothers I've been uh, mentoring over the last few months or so, probably longer than that, years or so. And the way that it came out was so, was, was in a way that they could be able to receive it. And, and what he said this, to, he says, the enemy is committed to his craft. He's prepping for his game. He's, he knows on game day, he, he's going to outplay you. Why? Because he's committed. He's committed. And that's the word that Lord shared with me earlier this year. He says, people aren't committed. They do stuff. They show up, but they're not committed. After the amens, after the Lord blessed you and keep, and then hope, ooh, the blessings on me. Ooh, but guess what? You still got to go out there and, and, and fight the good fight of faith. You still got to go out there. You can't take us home. I mean, you could play it on a podcast and take us home with you, but beyond that, no, you can't. It's, it, this is war. In fact, this morning we was in praise and worship. He gave me this to share with you and to make and, and to do, he gave me this instruction to do, so I'm going to do it. <clears throat> and the quote is Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. He's talking about the valley of dry bones. And he says, the issue with so many believers today is they are dry. They have let their oil run out. And they're not going back to refill it up. That oil we're talking about is the Holy Ghost. They're not spending time with him. They're not fellowshipping with him. They're not even communing with him. In fact, Holy Spirit is trying to tell them what to do to overcome their situation and circumstance. And they're like, no, that's never going to work. That makes absolutely no sense at all. I'm never going to do that. Man. This is what I believe I should do. And he says, but is that what I told you to do? He said this. He said, I'm reading out of the King James Version. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. It didn't say there was a few of them. It didn't say there was a couple. He said it was many of these dry bones. And he says, and they weren't just dry, but they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, who did God, who was going to do this? God was going to do the work. 
Who had to give them the words? Ezekiel. God could have just did it, but he's in partnership with the man of God. God could have just done it, but he's in partnership with you. If you're a believer, he's in partnership with you. He's in partnership with me. So let's see what Ezekiel did and let's see what happens. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Y'all see the connection there? He prophesied as he was what? Commanded. He didn't just start saying stuff. He didn't, even if it was scriptural, he didn't just start saying stuff. He heard the, the what had to come first? The word of the Lord came to him first. And then what did he do? He had to do what the word of the Lord said for him to do. He didn't just do stuff. And that's what's happening a lot. That's why so many people are getting defeated today. They just saying stuff. And this person said this. And this person said to say this. And this person said to say this. But what did God tell you to say? Don't tell me what that person said. What did he tell you to say? I don't know. Then cut your TV off, throw your phone away, and get back in the closet and get before God and find out what he's telling you to say about your situation and circumstance. If you want to get victory, then if you want to keep getting your head busted up, go right ahead. Keep going down that road. And when you call me, I'm still going to tell you the exact same thing. What did God tell you to say? Because Jesus says, if you say unto this mountain. So let's find out what happened with Ezekiel. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, when did it start happening? When he began to do what God told him to do. Are y'all seeing this? When he began to do, not when he knew to do, when he began to do what God, 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 God told him to do. Who? God in you. The Holy Spirit is telling you what to do. When the Holy Spirit is telling you what to do and you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, then you will get to get results. This is what he did. So as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld Lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. So everything that God said for him to say, God did. When did he do it? Once he said it. What did Jesus say in John 14? I don't speak of myself. I, the father gives me the words, but the father is the one who does the works. So who does the works? The father does the works. But how, what works does he do? The works that he's given Jesus the words to say. What did he do with Ezekiel? He did the works and words that he gave Ezekiel to say. Now, even though he had the bones even though he had a sinew, all those things came back together. It still didn't have any breath in him. So what did God do? Did God just breathe into the man? Let's find out. Then said he unto me, talking about God, prophesy unto, unto these the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came unto them and they lived and stood up upon their feet and exceeded great army. So even though in the beginning, he, when he came to the valley, there was all these dry bones laying all the way around. And he didn't say they was just dry. They was very dry. So evidently him and God seen the exact same situation. But God didn't just come in and just do stuff. God said to the man of God, say this unto these dry bones, and this is what's going to happen. Now, what do you think would have happened if Ezekiel didn't do what it is God told him to do? absolutely nothing. And why do you think that in your situation and circumstances and all this chaos that seems to be going on around us and you say, man, nothing's happened, nothing's happened, nothing's happened, and you're getting exactly what you're saying. Is that what God told you to say about it? I didn't, I didn't tell you about so-and-so. What did God tell you to say about your situation and your circumstance? If you're not saying what he said, but you're saying what they said, you're not going to get his results. You're not even going to get their results because they're telling you what God told them. Are y'all listening? I can't, it, he says it, it, it can't be any plainer. This is how the kingdom of God operates. If you sit around with your jaw so tight, like you ate a bag of lemons, you are going to get wore out and your adversary will wait you out. He prophesied. When he prophesied and said what God said to say, then he got what God said he would get. And those dry bones that look useless, that had no life, that had no ability. Don't tell me no more about what the church is not doing. Shut your mouth and say what God says about the church. He says, I'm coming back for a bride without spot and without wrinkle. I'm coming back for a church without spot and wrinkle. So if you keep prophesying over them, they got all this going on. They got all that going on. They got all that going on. Is that what God told you to say? Is that what God told you to say about it? I mean, I can't even tell you. Man, I tell you what, if I had an Afro right now, I'd probably, if I watch it, see another YouTube person on YouTube trying to blast this person and blast that person and blast this person, what are you doing to help them? If you're not doing anything to help them, you are, being, you are acting just like your adversary. You are being a slanderer and you're an accuser of the brethren. Can they be wrong? Absolutely. Do I know people who are wrong? Absolutely. Is it my responsibility to put my mouth on them? Absolutely not. What is my responsibility? I pray for them. And if God and I do what Galatians 5 says, I restore a brother in meekness and in love, lest I myself find myself being tripped up by the exact same thing. Don't spend your time talking about everybody. Heck, don't even spend your time talking about all those yo-yos down at um, Parliament Hill or in the White House. Why? What's it going? How's it changing anything? Are you praying for them? Are you saying what the Word of God says to say over them? If you're not, you are part of the problem, and you're sparking other people to be part of that problem. Are there situations going on in government that aren't right? Absolutely. Is there anything you can do about it? Yes. Are you going to do it murmuring and complaining about it? No. 
Because you're not acting like a child of God with the kingdom of God on the inside of you saying what he says to say. Do you know Jesus doesn't pray the problem? He only speaks the solution. So why you spend 45 minutes complaining and 15 minutes? <laughs> okay, Lord, I guess I have to pray right now. He says, you want to know how to change your situation? He said, I just showed you. And this is not even the message I have for today. But somebody needed to hear it. He said, a lot of people need to hear it. He says, because you are, you are your own worst enemy because the adversary is using you to destroy your own life. So, in case you are a slow listener, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to show it to you again. The word of the Lord came first. God told him what to say. God told him what to say it to. He didn't say all dry bones. He was talking to the dry bones in this particular valley. Is that not what God was talking to him about? He was talking to him about the dry bones in this valley. Say to these dry bones right here, the ones right here. Say to these dry bones right here. Then he told him what to say. He told him, he didn't tell God what to say. God told him what to say. Remember, Jesus said, I only say what my father says to say. I only do what my father said. I didn't come up with a whole bunch of, draw me near Lord. No, 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 no. What did God say to say? Then he did what God told him to do. Did God give him the whole plan? No, because guess what? He spoke to the bones first, but guess what? Even though the bones came back together, they still didn't have any breath in it. So guess what? He wasn't finished. Sometimes we say it one time and God says, okay, you said that, That's, and you see that one piece come together and then you don't see anything else happening because you didn't, you didn't stay there long enough to find out what's the next step. Yes, can I tell you this? I'm gonna help you right now. He will give you step one. Don't expect step two if you haven't done step one. Because when you go back to God, <laughs> God, it ain't changed. God says, you did not do what I told you to do. Go back and do. So this is what we're going to do. Father, I repent. If I have missed it in any area, when you told me to do something that I did not do it, Father, I repent. And I ask you to forgive me. And I'm asking you, Please show it to me again and I'll get it right this time. What you know what that's called? Humbling yourself. We've had to humble ourselves where we have missed it. Father, I, I, I missed, I humble myself. What, what was I supposed to do? I'm, I, I'm sorry, I, I humble myself. And then guess what? 
God says, I give grace to the humble, but I actively resist those who act in pride. You know what pride is? I'll do it my way, Lord. I'm gonna do it my way. My way's better, Lord. I'm, I, I got a degree. I got experience. I've been in this situation before, and this is what I did last time. So I know it's gonna work this time. Go back and ask King David. Go back and ask Moses. Go back and ask Joshua. Go back and ask Noah. You know what made them successful? They always inquired of the Lord. Man, my greatest example, Jesus himself. He always inquired of the Lord. He never, ever, 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 ever just did anything. You say, yes, he did. No, he didn't. Even when he went to that temple that morning and he took and he overturned the tables and the money changes. If you go back and read, he was there the day before. What did he do? He see the exact same thing. What did he do? Nothing until he inquired of the Lord. And then God told him what to do. Word of the Lord always comes first. If you don't have a word of the Lord, you are not operating in faith. You can only operate in faith when you know when you the will of God is known. You are operating, you either going, I'm, I'm going to share with you and I love you and I'm going to tell you, you're either operating in faith, foolishness, or presumption. And unfortunately, many people are operating in foolishness and presumptions, hoping that God's going to do something. He's not obligated. He's only obligated to do what he gave you to do. So what comes first? The word of the Lord. Which means you have to be in position. You have to be still. You have to be quiet enough to be able to receive the word of the Lord. Can I let you in on a secret? He's always talking. You may not always be listening, but he's always talking. I'm gonna get, I had a situation earlier this week. <clears throat> I was praying about it. And I was praying about it, speak, spending time with the Lord about it. And then God showed me something I had never seen quite like this. Never. I love my wife. But I did not realize how much of a gift or expression of God's love for me she was. She had one word from God. One. She didn't know anything else. She, in fact, she didn't even know it was God at the time. God asked her one question. Will you love my son? That was it. She didn't know, she didn't know me like that. He asked her one question. Will you love my son? And she said, yeah, I'll do that. And that put her in position for all kind of other stuff that
I had had other relationships, but none of them like this. In fact, he says, when I first met her and I seen her, he says, this is going to be different. I'm thinking I'm just going to minister to her. I did not know what he said to her. She did not tell me that. Who you do life with does matter. Now, knowing all that, does it make it perfect? No. Do we have moments where we have some intense fellowship? Yeah. But we have this contest to see who's going to be, who's going to forgive first, quickest. Having a great marriage doesn't mean that you're, that you're always going to agree. Having a great marriage means that you have two great forgivers. He showed me that, uh, he brought that back to my remembrance. And it was his great expression of love towards me because the area that I was broken in was knowing how to love like that. She taught me, even though she didn't know. He used her to teach me. And he told her all the stuff that I probably would have waited a few years to tell her. He told her it all up front. And she still did it. So what came first? The word of the Lord. So what did it give me? A greater appreciation for what it is that he blessed me with. But he also brought back to my remembrance something she shared with me that the void I was feeling in her life. The word of the Lord came first and he, he didn't force me to do it. He didn't force her to do it. He says, will you do this? Because she'll tell you, I kick, mm -mm -mm, I'm good. Mm -mm. Can I call you my boo? No. Nope. Can I call you hun? No. Nope. Can I call you hubby? No. Nope. What can I call you? <laughs> Milt's fine. She never approached me as a girlfriend. She never called herself that ever. What came first? The word. Did God make him do it? No. Did God make us do it? No. Same thing about coming to Canada. Canada, we're going to be in, in Alabama till Jesus gets back. One trip. I'm going to, I'm bringing you into this new land. I'm flying over from, from the States, over the water, crossing over to get, what land? This, oh Lord, mm -mm. Can I use you to do this? Yes. I only had step one. I didn't know I had all the other stuff that we was gonna have to go through. And there's been a lot of stuff. We had a lot of opportunities to quit. The word of the Lord came first. And each time we came to us, after we did step one, then step two came, then step three came, then step 20 came. But it's, he orders your steps by his word, his rhema word to you.
Then what happened? Then, okay, I want you to do a church. Oh, praise God. Where? In Ottawa, downtown, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's where we started. Nope. I want you to go here. Where? Lord, <laughs> I ain't trying to tell you how to do your business. But you know. Can I use you to do this? Yes. Yes. Sight unseen. See, walking by faith is sight unseen. He's telling me what it is to do. In the natural, it makes no sense to me, but his word supports everything he's telling me to do. Now there's a decision. Hear the word. Receive the word. Go to where he told us to go. Do only what he told us to do. Say only what he told us to say. Ezekiel only said what God told him to say. He only said it to the things he told him to say it to. You speak into this mountain and that's not the mountain. This is. You speak into the wrong thing. You hollering at the government. They, they not the players. They the pawns, like the, like the picture. They the pawns in the game. He spoke to the, to the bones like God commanded him. He got some results. Remember we, saw, we was talking about this other night on the, on the Thursday night broadcast. If you haven't been able to join us, man, I, I invite you to join us. Man, it's a great time talking about the spirit-controlled life. When you sow a seed, the full crop doesn't come up first. The first thing that comes up is the blade. Then the head. Then the mature, the, the head in the, in, uh, the mature grain in the head. And then the crop. It, all, it doesn't all come up at once. But if Ezekiel would have stopped just at the bones and would not have inquired more, those dry bones, even the, down there they have sinew and all the bones, they just would have been standing there. He had to inquire about more, what God said. Then he spoke. Then God told him what to say. Say this. And when he said that, God was, was, is not a magician. He is not going to pull from something that does not already exist. All the money you need is in the earth today. All the healing that you need is already available to you today. All the deliverance that you need is already made available to you today. All the wholeness that you need is already made available to you today. Where is it at? On the inside of you. Every, if you're a born-again believer, every answer to every problem that you will ever have is already on the inside of you by way of the person of the Holy Spirit. It's already on the inside of you. You just got to spend more time with it. Are y'all seeing all this? Plain, right? Word of the Lord came first. He received the word. He did what the word said. He got God's result. Why? Because God 
hastens or watches over his word to perform it. Whose word is he watching over to perform? His word. Not if you say a whole bunch of stuff that he didn't tell you to say. He's watching over his word to perform. Well, how do you know God has talked to me? God is always talking. Do you know the Holy Spirit talks to unbelievers as well? People who don't even believe in him. That even people who don't even believe in Jesus. He's always talking to them. Because he's drawing them unto himself. In fact, it says in Romans chapter two, how it is the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. It's not the beat down. God don't got to beat you down, broke, beat you down, break your back and everything. Okay, now that you don't beat down, now come on to me. No, that's not how God operates. It's his goodness that draws you to him. He's so good to you, even when you out there acting a fool, thought you was cool. How much better will he be to you? How much better? How much more? How much exceedingly greater will it be when you get under his plan and get under his, his way of doing things? Then you, get, you will live the God kind of life because you made a decision to do it God's way. I know that we were sharing this on Thursday night, how when I first got, the first time I ever ministered from the pulpit, I ministered, I didn't, and I didn't know the things, a lot of the stuff I know today, but I, I knew just enough to be dangerous, Jerry. Uh, and I, he, I, he gave me this word. This is what I want you to preach on, Matthew chapter 7. And he says, and, then, and the title of that message was, uh, where do you stand? Where do you stand? And it was talking about, you know, how you have the, the, the house built on the rocks and the house built on the sand. And, and, but there's a part in there before he, I believe is in, in verse 20, uh, 22, 23, he says this. He says, many, Jesus says this. He says, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, have we not cast out devils in thy name and in thy name done many wonderful works? And Jesus said, and then I will turn to them and say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. I was sitting there like, whoa, Lord. And he gave me this. It was, this is Thursday and I'm supposed to minister on Sunday. He gave me this, this, this image I have never forgotten. He showed a person, this person died. Now this person went to church every Sunday. So this person was going to church. So they went to church every Sunday. And this person died. And when this person died, because they've been to the church, they done some, they, they served while they was in the church and everything. Man, they was sure they was, they, man, I knew exactly where I was going to go. So they elevated up. And then on one end, they had, a, had a, a gate that says heaven. On the other end, there was a gate. It said hell. Person again, hey, I've been going to church. I've been serving. Man, I'm, I'm going. So this person turns and they start going towards heaven. And just before they're walking and just before there was an arm wrench, they reached out, hand out to open up the gates so hook grabbed them around their way and drug them back. They didn't make it. Because they came to church, but they never joined the church. And when I'm talking about joining the church, I'm talking about joining 
and becoming a member of the body of Christ where Jesus is not only savior, but he is Lord. And he's act and you're you're an active relationship from a personal experience, not just what you hear on Sunday. You have a personal relationship with him and you're walking with him and you're talking with him and you're becoming and you're growing up in the things of God. And Sunday morning is not a Sunday morning event. Do you know something that's spreading faster than the COVID? Sin. The price for not being a part of the church, opposed to just showing up at a church, is, is greater than what can happen with COVID. And I've had people who have experienced COVID. I've had people who experienced it, who got healed. I have people who have healed and still got some symptoms. And I have, I know people who had COVID, but they had other issues going on as well. And because their immune system was already depleted, they couldn't fight off the COVID. Does that mean I'm going to stop talking about God, the goodness of God and how faithful he is and about healing? Absolutely not. Do I pray for people who, who are experiencing COVID? Do I pray against COVID? Absolutely. What's my point? The word of the Lord came first. When he gave me that word to share that very first time, he said, this is what I want you to tell my people. Do you know what the altar call was like? When I was sharing it at another event a few weeks later, they did the altar call before the pastor who was supposed to give the message got up to preach. He told me to share that, share that vision, and I shared it with him. Do you know what the altar call was like? It's no time to play church. It's time to be the church. So just like Ezekiel, God is going to give you a word to say concerning your situation and only say what he tells you to say. Only do what he tells you to do. Cut your TV off. I double dog dare you. Cut your TV off. Cut your computer off. Cut all your email blasts that you're getting from this person and that person and all your daily devotion on that and just take that same time and spend with the father. You will be so much further along. He says many people are, are so distracted that even when I am talking to them, they can't, they can't hear my voice because they got everybody else's voice in the background. And if so-and-so says this, then yes, they must be right. Then God must be right. No, if God tells you and then some, somebody else parroted, it, that means they are confirming what God has already said to you. He says, but most people can't hear because they got everybody else's voice in their ear. So when I'm speaking to them, they can't recognize my voice from everybody else's. Some people need to cut their news off and don't cut their new TV on. No, no, you don't need to watch the news ever no more because you can't handle it. You watch the news and you forget everything else you already heard from God for that day. He says, my word always comes first. 
In fact, he says in Isaiah 42, believe it's verse 9, he says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. And this ministry is a, is a prophetic ap uh, apostolic ministry, and we preach, teach the word of God with miracle signs, wonders, and manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're only going to say what God says to say. We're only going to do what God tells us to do. And in praise and worship this morning, he says, I want you to turn to, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to show them how to do it. So now you know. You've got to get the word of the Lord first, which means you have to get quiet and get still with him long enough to be able to receive it. And understand, when you get the word, you're only getting one piece of it. You don't have the whole plan. No matter how much it is you start with, you don't have the whole plan. So you got to do what Jesus did. You got to inquire of the Lord. How, how often did Jesus inquire of the Lord? Every day. And when you inquire of him and then you see it, and even if you don't see it right away, because guess what? God prophesied Jesus to the earth in Genesis chapter three. It was 4,000 years later before there was a manifestation. Well, how long I got to make these confessions? Well, how long did I got to be, how long do I got to be thanking God for this? And how long am I supposed to be? There? Until you see what it is that God said. When we started, when I found out about coming to the nation of Canada and I found out I couldn't just cross over the bridge, even though I was an American and just cross over the bridge and just start working and doing all these other things. Yet he gave me words to say. It was three years, three years, two months and 28 days later before I seen the tangible manifestation of it. Guess what I had? To, I, there was stuff I had to do along the way. I only had one step. Do this. Okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. Where God gives you the vision, there will be provision. So God gives you a word of the Lord. You receive it then you say back to him what he said to you. And he hastens to perform it. And you only got step one, so you got to acquire back to him again to get step two. Well, what if I don't want to do that? Then you're not going to get the result he has for you, even though it's already been finished for you from the foundation of the world. Who's a great example of that? The children of Israel. Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews chapter three says, the gospel preached to them that was preached to us was the same gospel that was preached to them, but it did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. They didn't believe him. And they murmured and complained and they kept calling those things that are as though they are. So they got the same thing because they kept saying the same thing. They didn't say what God said. They kept getting what it is that they said 
And they like, God, your word doesn't work. He said, it works just fine. The principle works just fine because you're getting exactly what it is that you are prophesying. Not what I told you to say. Are, are y'all listening? So you either working as a prophet of God or are you working as a, as a, as a proclaimer for the adversary, but it's, you're only working for one or the other. There is no middle ground. You're either progressing towards God or you decreasing and you're going back towards the kingdom or the dominion of darkness. There is no in between. What did Jesus say about lukewarmness? Jesus said that, not me. He said, be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Amen. So now, after he had prophesied and he commanded and the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army, why did God tell him to do all this in the first place? Because God never just does some stuff. This is why. He says, then said he unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our part. Therefore prophesy unto them and say it, the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of the, your graves and yet and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land then shall you know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it and said the Lord what does this sound like sounds like Joel chapter 2 I'm restored unto you the years that the locusts have eaten the canker worms and the uh, caterpillars and the palmer worms and I'm restoring back unto you that which was lost, that which was taken, that was stolen. What's that called? Revival, restoration, when, now. What did the situation look like? It was impossible. It was dead, it was dry. One word, God, how many people did it, how many people did it take for God to do all this? One. He only needed one mouth. Whose mouth was it? Ezekiel. Speak this. God did it. Speak this. God did it. Speak this. God did it. Say it with me. Speak this. God did it. Speak this. God did it. God did what God said for him to say, and then he said it, and God did it. So stop looking around, waiting on something. When that great say coming, when that, it ain't coming until you open up your mouth and start saying something. It ain't going to come until you start doing something. God says, "Don't. why are you waiting on an event when I'm calling you? When I'm calling you, I'm calling you and, and commanded you to be my mouthpiece, be my hands, my feet, Get, let me get my expression in the earth through you. 
I already know somebody's life's changed today. I already know it. I already know it. You got you, you asked God, you you came with an issue, and God says, I'm gonna give you your answer from the pulpit to a point you ain't, you're not even gonna have an excuse. You ain't got an excuse. I have taken the time out to march you through the process, which is according to my kingdom. This is how the kingdom of God operates. And that is our mandate at Ignite. Teach people how to operate according to the kingdom. Glory to God. Why? It's not about you. It's about him. And guess how many lives would forever change because one man obeyed God. We already knew that when we talked about that a few weeks ago. One By one man's sin, sin entered into the world and came upon all men. But by one man's obedience, we became the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Well, every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody walking or talking except you've been assigned. Man, I tell you what. God loves you so much that he wanted to take the time today to show you how to always win and how to always overcome. It always started with a word. The first step is always you got to have a word from God. Well, I got a word from you. I got a word for you today. If you're not in right relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you made him Lord of your life, but you know you are out of right position right now man i want to invite you back into the family invite you back right back into right position invite you back to get back in the place where god has called you to and it's as simple and i'm going to get and this is how we're going to do it because i'm going to give you what the word says remember everything with god starts with the word romans chapter 10 verses 8 9 and 10 says this the word of god is near you it's in your heart it's in your mouth it's the word of faith which we preach that if you will, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, he says, you shall be saved. That word saved is sozo, which means healed, delivered, made whole, and complete. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe it in your heart, you say it out of your mouth. You believe what the word of the Lord I just gave you in your heart, and then you say it out of your mouth. And this is how it works. It says, dear Heavenly Father, you pray this with me and, and say it out of your mouth and mean, it, and mean it from your heart. You will be healed, delivered, made whole, and set free and in right relationship with God right now. So say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carry my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I receive you as Lord of my life. I receive the Holy Spirit right now. I turn from sin and I follow wholly after you. I believe I'm healed, saved, delivered, made whole, and protected. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen.
Yeah. Dan, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, man, we want to congratulate you. We want to welcome you. Welcome, 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 welcome back into the family, back into right position, back into right relationship with our Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Now, how many people, a backpack just fell off your back and you realize now I know what to do. Now I know what to do. It's that simple. See, God loves you so much that even in the even in the middle of service, He says, "I need you to shift, and I need you to go this way." And all I had was one word. Ezekiel 37, that's all, that's all I had. The rest of it was the Holy Spirit. I only had one word. But I demonstrated to you, God used me to demonstrate to you how it works. And it works every time. Because it's a law in the kingdom of God. It works every time. So if it's, you're, you're back in the family, back in the right relationship, back in the kingdom, glory to God. I want to <clears throat> welcome you back. Now, what's your next step? Your next step, man, is what we're going to be starting to do next week. Next week, we're going to have our very first ID3 uh, growth track. And it's going to be immediately following the service. And what, what happened to growth track? Growth track, class one is about membership, how to become a member of Ignite Depot, what, what it is we're all about, what our vision is. Uh, what it is that we believe. Step two is discovering your discovering your purpose, and 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 step three is discovering your leadership, and step four is is becoming a part of the team. So hey, if your church is still closed right now, or you're in the Ottawa area and you would like to come on site, hey, write us at info at ignitedepot.com. That's info at ignitedepot.com so you can register. And when you register with us, we'll be more than happy to have you join us. Understand there are COVID um, uh, restrictions and, and, and precautions. So, I mean, you do the temperature check. We do the, uh, the questionnaire before you come through the door. You are required to wear a mask or face shield uh, when you're in the building in the whole nine yards. So, hey, you want to join us? We would love to have you, but you have to register in order to attend online on uh, on-site service. Or if you want to just join us online, I want to say hello to our friends in the States, our partners in the States, those throughout other parts of Canada, uh, members who are uh, who are in other parts of uh, Canada, other provinces in Canada where they can't come into the uh, Ontario province right now, know that we love you for our friends over in Germany and in Turkey and in Denmark and in Taiwan. We just want to say hello to you and God bless you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Remember this, everything with God starts with a word from the Lord. We love you so much. We'll see you next week.